Let's pray, guys. Father, what a privilege we have to be able to gather together in here and sing your praise. Especially especially as we, we pause to think about what's going on around this world, to think about those in the Ukraine, that we know there are followers there, there are people there who love you, Jesus, who follow you, and their life is in just turmoil and chaos right now because of what's going on there, Father. So we just, we want to pray for them. We want to pray that you are watching over them, that you are bringing safety their way. And that's important, but even more important than that, that your word and your love is being proclaimed even in the midst of this craziness. Um, that a thing that the rest of the world, a thing that all of us look at and go, that's awful, that's terrible. But we know that you can work even in the middle of ugly situations. Um, so we just pray your blessing over them and pray that you would continue to work in those situations, Jesus. Um, that with a thousand hallelujahs, we would magnify your name and they would magnify your name even in that situation. So we love you, Lord. I just pray that you would um, just really speak through Betsy this morning, um, that as we open your word, um, that it would, you, would, you would open up our eyes and our ears to, to hear and see what you want to share with us this morning. We love you, Jesus. Um, thank you just for your love for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys can grab a seat. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm glad I got to see you guys this morning. Um, even though if we're a little sleepy and tired, this is really good for us to be together. Um, I think I was just reminded of that this morning, of just how cool it is that we get to come alongside each other, that we get to worship our Father, our Savior, our King all together, that we can um, just smile at one another. I think sometimes we take it for granted that we get to see each other, and it's such a blessing, and it's a huge privilege, one, to be able to see you guys and to love you guys, but also to lead you guys and to teach you guys this morning. So, I mean, I just love you, and... Um, even if I don't remember your name, even if I've never met you before, I love you, and Adam loves you. Um, I just felt like we just need, sometimes we miss saying that sometimes. We don't say that enough of just how deeply you guys are loved, that no matter what the world or society is telling you, how you should be, how you should look, who you are, know that you are loved here, that you are welcome here, and that Jesus loves you even more than anything you could ever imagine. That Jesus' arms are constantly open wide for each one of us in this room. So let that be our reminder this morning. So this morning we're finishing up our routine series. So if you've been with us for the past few weeks, we've gone through this series titled Routine, and it's all about how we ought to live. So a lot of times we dig into a passage in Scripture, we go through a topic, um, but it's good for us to take a pause and to look like, how should we be? How should we act? 
If we're followers of Christ, what should we do? What should we do with our lives? How should our days look? And the best model for us to look at is the person of Jesus. So that's what we've done these past few weeks. We've looked at the habits that Jesus has done. We've, done, we've looked at his actions, the things that he says, in order for us to, one, follow him, to learn from our best source of life, of how we ought to live, that he is our model, he is our example, and we should pay close attention to how Jesus is lived, to how Jesus lives, so that we can live in a similar way, so that we can model him, that we can pick up his habits and learn from him. So last week, we talked about scripture and how Jesus approached scripture. If you guys remember, I was able to really geek out and I got really excited about just how intricate scripture is. I think that's one thing that I just am always, I fall in love with scripture every so often, all over again, because you're able to just see all of these details coming together of something that was once mysterious and confusing, that there's like a little sliver that makes sense. And that's the best feeling that I feel like in the whole world, is having like the veil removed from our eyes, being able to see scripture and be able to not only understand it and get some new insight from it, but to see how Jesus is a part of every page in this book. That this whole thing is pointing towards Jesus and his work on the cross. And last week we saw how Jesus talked about scripture and how he pointed out that it is all about him, that this whole thing is all about him, that all of this, that all we should do our lives, how we approach scripture should be through that lens, through the focus of what does this mean for Jesus? What is this teaching me about Jesus? So when we approach scripture like that, we're able to see something new. It's able to become alive in us. All these confusing parts, even of the Old Testament or poetry or prophecies, they can make a little bit more sense now because we're like, oh, this is about Jesus. This is pointing us to the work, the redemptive work of Jesus and all of it coming together. So for this morning, we're looking at scripture again but we're gonna take a little bit more of a practical route. So it's easy for us to be like, yes, open your Bibles, do it. This is really important, man, this is beautiful. Yes, that is good. But I think sometimes we have to be reminded, okay, so how exactly do I do this? So I, okay, so I, I know I should be in the word. I know I should delight in the law. I know that this is something I wanna do. I wanna spend time with the Father, but how do I do it? So that's what we're gonna look at this morning. So we're going to look at a little bit more of a practical step, a little bit less. Usually, whenever I come up here to teach, I want everything I say to be soaked in Scripture. I want like a huge main passage and that to be the ultimate thing that you guys learn. And that is the most important thing, that nothing I say is more important than what this says. And I always want it to come from Scripture. But this morning, it's going to be a little bit less of Scripture and a little bit of me informing you guys of how to have a Bible study. Obviously, there's going to be a couple of passages that we're going to go through, but I just want to give you a little bit of warning that typically it's not going to, usually, I love to just have the whole thing be about Scripture. But anyway, that's just a precursor. So how to have a Bible study. I think a lot of times when we get really excited about this, we're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. I'm going to open my Bible. And I said, now what? So I created these sort of steps. So what should we do before 
we have a Bible time? What should we do before we have a quiet time or a God time? Or how, what should I do before? There's a couple of questions that I want us to ask before we have a quiet time with the Lord. The first is, what are our motivations for doing this? So first have this moment, this heart check, be like, man, why am I coming to this? What are my motivations for this? Why do I want to have this time? Why do I want to set aside time for this? What, what am I trying to get from this? And so I think if you guys, one of the trendy things I've noticed recently is like having these really aesthetic Bibles. Have you guys ever seen that? Yes. So I feel like I can like fall into this category and it's kind of embarrassing sometimes where I will like focus more on making my Bible look pretty than like actually like reading what's in it. So maybe some of you guys can relate. Like I would spend hours like trying to like have these perfectly drawn like little doodles in my Bible, not because like of anything, but I wanted people to like see it. Okay, so I like have all these like really nice notes and I'm like, man, she looks like a really good Christian. So I'm like, oh, oops, my Bible's open. And it's like this beautiful drawing. You're like, oh my gosh, how'd that get there? And it's just like all these things where I think I was like trying to like make my Bible look really impressive to other people or even like, oh man, I need to have like a worn Bible. So like if I get a new Bible, I'm like, man, I got to scuff it up a little bit. God looks like I'm walking in the wilderness with this thing. Like I'm like trying to impress people with how impressive my Bible looks. And I was reminded of that this week. I'm like, man, that is the wrong motivation for having a Bible study, for like trying to use this to like prove to other people, how spiritual am I? My Bible looks worn. My Bible looks so pretty. Man, this is not right. And it's kind of silly. It's kind of stupid. But I think sometimes we approach reading our Bibles like this. Sometimes when we have these motivations, we want other people to be impressed Like when we spend time with the Father within Scripture, we want to just learn all these things and then make it seem like we know everything, that we want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to caution us on that. That yes, it's really cool sometimes to nerd out and to like totally dive deep and learn all these really cool things. I mean, your motivation shouldn't be that you should seem smart. Like, man, I want to prove that I'm like the smartest in the room. That's why I want to study this Scripture. Man, I'd be careful with that. I'd be careful with that motivation if that's the driving force in you opening up your scripture. Um, Sometimes this leads to a lot of like legalism in our own hearts. Sometimes when we approach scripture then, it just turns into like, well, it's just going to be like a checklist. Like I'm just doing this because. I'm doing this because I want to play church, you know, I want to do the right thing. I want it to seem like I know what I'm doing, but I have no real heart to do this. And I would check our hearts when we're approaching Scripture in that way. How are you pushing yourself? What are you doing when you open up your Bible? How are you motivated? So what should the goal of Bible study be? What is the goal? It's not just to learn a lot of information. And I would say it's not even just to feel nice or to feel comforted. Those are good things. Those are cool things that we get to have. Those are secondary things, secondary goals that we get from reading scripture. But man, our ultimate goal, our ultimate priority for cracking this sucker open is to spend time with Jesus. It's just to encounter the person of Jesus. To just pause from our busy life and just to spend time with him. 
and just to let things go. I think when we try to point all these things out and we try to have the best Bible study ever, we're missing a little bit of the point, like, oh, I need to spend a lot more time, or man, I didn't have this huge mystical experience this time. I didn't really, didn't really even understand it. Well, guess what? The goal is just to simply spend time with him. And as we're going to look at this morning, it's going to look a lot different for each one of us. And that can be really freeing. And that can be really, really cool. That we can each approach scripture and have a quiet time and spend time with Jesus. And it looks slightly different for each one of us. Because ultimately, we're just trying to get to know him. We're just trying to center our lives around Jesus. Just to shut out the world. Just to pause, just to breathe for a moment in our busy lives. Just encounter Jesus. So all of those things... I mean, I would caution us. I would push us. I mean, we should do these things. We should check our motivations. We should reassess our goal for why are we approaching Scripture. And then we should just enter into prayer with him. Just to, before we even start, just open up in just a time you're like, God, man, I just reveal to me your wisdom. God, I just want to spend time with you. Allow me, quiet my thoughts. Allow me just enter into your presence. So all of those things, those things help prepare our hearts for as we're about to enter in to a quiet time or a Bible time. So that's before. So what about during? So during, this is when it kind of looks a little bit of different for each person. So I'm going to give you kind of like Betsy's, like what do I do, okay? So there's two different ways of how I will typically do a Bible study. So it depends on kind of my mood, my season, my vibe, what's Betsy doing right now? You know, so it's like, so the first one is, um, it's called the inductive Bible study method. So some of you might be familiar with this. We did this a few years ago, but also before the pandemic. So like, I don't even think I remember anything before pandemic. Like, did life even exist? I have no idea. But so basically, this is a way to study scripture. And it sounds really complex and really scary and structured, but it really is pretty simple. It's basically just three steps. So when you open up your Bible, you would open up and first you would, you would read through your passage that you're reading. Just take a moment and just read it. Read it all the way through. And then you just observe things. You highlight things. You take note of things. It's really good for you to ask these questions of who, what, when, where. So the question of who, like who's the author? Who is speaking? Who are the people in this passage? What is happening? What are things that are not making any sense to me? Like what is that word? Like what does that actually mean? Or when is this taking place? Especially, what is the context of this passage that I'm saying? One of the most important things, guys, for us to do as people who study the Bible, who open up our Bibles, who have access to this, is when we have a Bible study, to look at the context, to look at before and after, to know that. Because I feel like this can also uh, help us from a lot of trouble. A lot of times when we pull things out of context in the Bible, it changes everything. So always make sure you look at the context. So you're looking at the context. You're trying to figure out where this is occurring. You're asking these questions. It's really good when we approach scripture to ask questions. And I don't think we say that enough. I think sometimes we make it seem like if we read something, we just have to like have no questions about it at all, and we're just supposed to accept it. And yes, this is truth. I will say that everything in here is true, 
But when we're having our study time, it's really good for us to ask questions, especially when it's like using Christian buzzwords in the verse. Like if you see this verse that you've heard a hundred times over and over again, it's good for us to even just pause and be like, what really does that mean? So like, for example, if there's a verse that talks about grace, this is a word that we hear a lot of in the church. Even if you're having a God time or a Bible time, if you ask the question like, man, what is grace? And you're able just to think about that for a moment. Like really, what is that? What does that mean in this context? Asking all of these questions. Um, some of the best times that I've had in scripture when I've really tried to dig in and study it is when I'm trying to remove all my preconceived notions. Like I'm trying to remove any of like my modern day context or even just like things that I've thought I've heard of in the church and just trying to like make myself look at it. Like what if I was reading this for the first time? What would it look like? What would this scripture look like? What would this mean if I was reading this for the first time? So all of these things you can do in the observation step. The next one is the interpret step. So you've read your passage, you've observed some things, and now you're interpreting what these are. So with the interpretation step, it's all about understanding the meaning of the passage and those observations that you just made. So the goal is to find the intended meaning of the passage. And so it's really important for us when we're doing this, when we're trying to understand and to find meaning within Scripture, is to know that um, it can't mean something different today than it did when the original authors wrote it. That's really important for us, that we have to really sometimes do the hard work of understanding what this meant in that day and age and use that interpretation, because that's how it was intended. So understanding all of these things, and in this step, it's a really good time to use different resources. So like Bible translations, um, the Bible has lots of different ways that is written in English. So in here, we've been using the NLT, and that's typically a more um, a translation of the Bible that's a little bit easier for us to understand. So it's not as exact to the language, but it's more just trying to get us to understand the meaning of it. So it kind of takes out some of those things. A good idea would also be to look at the ESV translation. I know I'm getting kind of like really teachery, but I feel like this is important for us to take note of sometimes. But the ESV version is more like close to the original language. So that also helps us. But in all of these things, it's good for us to have these translations just so we can read it in a different way over again and see how these meanings, sometimes the wording is a little bit easier for us to understand when we take a different translations into account. The next is if you had Bible commentaries or all these different things or all these resources. And it's important to note here at this point, you don't have to do any of that. Like you don't have to have all these different resources and spend a lot of time really digging and researching. Sometimes the beauty of scripture is if you're just reading other passages in scripture to understand what you're trying to make. Because scripture will always, uh, will never contradict each other. So when we're looking through passages in Scripture and we're trying to understand something, it's also really cool for us to look at other passages to help us understand all of these things. Because the really cool thing about the Bible is it's one complete work, and it all works together. There's so many authors, but it was all inspired by God, and it all just has, it's all so cohesive. There's no errors, which is insane and crazy, 
but it makes it so trustworthy and so exciting when we're doing Bible studies. So the last step of the inductive Bible study method, and I swear after this it will get less researchy, but is the application step. So after you observe the text and you interpret the text, you apply the text. So this is helpful for us to move from not just hearers of the words, but doers of the word. It's how can I move this knowledge from my head to my heart? How can I make this a part of my life? What are small steps that I can do after reading this to apply it to my life? How can I make this? Sometimes it's good to, um, examples of these applications can be, uh, what's a sin to avoid from this passage? Or what's an action I should take? A quality to model. Even sometimes I've recently gotten really into um, just simply reading the text and just like my application being just in awe of God. And that's a really good application. I think sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we don't have to do all these action steps. Sometimes we just have to like praise God for who he is. Sometimes we just have to be like, man, God, you are a good father. God, you are loving. And that can be how we apply these steps. So that's one way of how I do a Bible study. And on the flip side... Recently, actually, I'm in a more of a chill out and just read it, okay? So that was more academic, and that was when I'm feeling it. Sometimes you guys also don't have to do the inductive Bible study method. But something that I think is really important for me to share is I think sometimes we can have the best intentions when we're approaching Scripture, and sometimes we can still miss it sometimes. That we're like, oh, man, I want to have all, I want to have the best uh, God time. I want to learn all of these things. And that's good and that's exciting. But I will tell you, I've recently gotten into some stumps or some hiccups along the road where I found myself looking too academically at this. Like, I love to nerd out and look and look at all of these different details. But I was treating it more as a study book or like as a textbook rather than just holy scripture that I can just let it like wash over me. So again, you don't have to approach it in this really academic way. You really shouldn't. You should be careful, again, how the motivation's behind how you're looking at scripture. But recently, I've just been in the habit of just reading a passage and not even taking any notes. And you can do that. I know sometimes, I was even talking to one of my friends, and we're talking about how hard it is for us sometimes to just read our Bibles and to not try to take all these different notes, but just to let Scripture do what it's going to do. Just to let the Holy Spirit do what he's going to do in our hearts. Rather than just trying to make all these different observations and interpretations and all this research, sometimes we just have to just open it up and just be like, God, just use this. Holy Spirit, use me. Holy Spirit, use this text to just wash over me to make this apparent in my life. And so that leads into what we do after we have a Bible time. So we have before and during, so after. And so when I was thinking about what we do after we have a scripture, I was reminded of this verse in Joshua. And um, just for a little bit of context, so the verse we're going to read is, Um, Moses giving a charge to Joshua. So this is the time of the Israelites back in the Old Testament. So after they have escaped slavery by the hand of God, Moses is their leader, and Moses is about to die. 
So he's about to pass the baton to Joshua. So he's giving this like great charge to Joshua of what you should do, how you should lead these people, and what you should do. So this is a really good verse that I love that comes to my mind a lot. So this is a part of Moses charging Joshua. He says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So this reminds you of just this idea that, I mean, we should be meditating on this scripture day and night. That this shouldn't just be a five-minute thing we do in the morning or in the evening or right before bed. That this can be a part of our whole day. That this doesn't have, this, I'm not saying that we have to always be reading scripture. Like, no, even when you're driving, please don't read scripture while you're driving. That will be very dangerous. But, like, we can have this in our heads. We should be meditating on it throughout the day. I like to think of it as having a God time and, like, ending our God time kind of. It's just continuing the conversation. Like, allow for the Holy Spirit to move throughout the day. A really good thing that I've been trying to do that's helped me, that might help you guys, is once I read my scripture for the morning, I try to remember in the afternoon or evening what I read in the morning. And that just helps me to, like, try to meditate it on it throughout the day. Not just have it end when my Bible closes, but have it be a continued conversation of how we can do this. That it's not just one thing, it's just a one and done thing, but it's something that's continued. So what all of this means, so we have this how to have a God time. And so I want to leave us here with this. So you can have a lot of different ways to approach scripture. That you don't have to, you can maybe try to do an inductive Bible study like me sometimes, or you could just open it up and read it. But the really cool thing is that I've been in love with recently is just there is a lot more freedom in this book than I think we give it credit for. I mean, when we approach scripture, when we approach having this God time, man, I think sometimes we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace. That it doesn't always have to look perfect in our heads of what exactly it should mean. Man, because what is the goal? The goal isn't to have a perfect and learn all these different things and take millions of notes or spend hours and hours and hours in the Bible. The goal is to spend time with Jesus. So how can you spend time with Jesus? Maybe some of you need to have a little bit more instruction. Maybe that is helpful for you to have a deeper study, and that's awesome. Or maybe some of you just need to open it up and read it, and that's awesome because you're spending time with Jesus. How can you do that in your own life? This week, as we were having one of our meetings, um, Adam asked each one of us, so he asked myself, Brendan, and Courtney how we had a God time. And each of us said something very different from the other. Because what's really cool about this is God, Jesus doesn't tell us in his gospel of how to have a quiet time. Jesus isn't like, okay, so here's how you do. You unroll your scroll and you sit down and you have to like circle around all these different things. No, Jesus just models spending time with the Father. So it can look differently. So all, th- all four of us had something different. Courtney said something really cool when she was explaining how she has a God time. She was like, it doesn't always look pretty. She's like, sometimes I just have to do it. 
And sometimes it's not this crazy, awesome experience. And it's usually I just read something, and sometimes it's different every day. And I was like, that's really cool. And then Brendan said something. He was like, uh, I pray, and then I run. So he uses his body more, and that's how he spends time with the Lord. And that's so awesome. Sometimes that's really helpful for us. If you have to move or if, you have to, if that's how you uh, experience the Holy Spirit, man, do that. And that's awesome. And then Adam was sharing how he will change it up a lot. Or sometimes he will read through scripture. Sometimes he'll just spend an extended amount in prayer. Sometimes he'll just sit there in silence. That would be really hard. I don't know if I could do that, but that's so awesome. And that's really beneficial for us to also try to do. But I'm telling you all this because, man, there's a freedom in this. That it doesn't have to look like how I study the Bible. You don't have to do exactly what Brendan or Courtney or Adam and I do. These are just ideas of how we approach scripture. So how can you actively do this in your own life? How can you pick up your Bible and spend time with the Lord? What would impact you? Because God is so, so cool that he's so big, but yet he's able to meet each of us individually He's, he knows us, how our personalities work. He knows how he can um, best love us, how he can best communicate with us. So we just have to learn how, how can we do that with our Father. I mean, I want to encourage you guys to try things, to, to try something new, not just to throw out all of these ideas that it has to look perfect, that it has to look a certain way. And I want to challenge us just to try just to try to open up our Bibles and to spend time with the Lord. I want to spend a little bit of time uh, towards the end of this message to give us just a little bit of space just to pause. So I'm going to have Brian and Noah come up for a little bit. But I want to read this psalm over you because this whole purpose of this series This whole idea was just how can we model our lives after Jesus? What can we do? How can we look at the person of Jesus? And my heart for us this morning is that we desperately fall in love with Jesus. That our hearts, that we feel this fire in our hearts, that we have this motivation, this passion to chase after Jesus. Because he's the only thing that will fulfill us. And I want us to throw away all these ideas of legalism, of trying to earn our way, trying to look a certain way in order to earn God's favor. I want us to throw those away and just to desperately fall in love with Jesus. So I think a really good psalm to read for you guys this morning is Psalm 27. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up there. But even if you want to close your eyes and just listen, just have God's Holy Spirit, have his Holy Scripture just wash over you, you can do that. Here's what it says. The Lord is the light of my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. 
Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing praises and the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with your violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So I want to challenge us just to spend some time on our own. Just spending time with the Father. Love you. Father, we praise your name. Father, I thank you that we can declare that you are good no matter what circumstance. Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus for us to show us how to live, how we can look to him for salvation, Father. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room. Lord, I pray for a revival in our hearts, a passion for you, a fire for you. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you make it so clear that you are with us, that you are so present, that we can't run away from your presence. Holy Spirit, I pray that you move in our hearts, Father. 
Give us the confidence and the boldness to lay down our lives for you, to declare your goodness to all of those around us, Father. Give us a love and a delight in you. Father, let our motivation and our goal be you, to make your name great, to love you. Father, we thank you for loving us. You are so good and you're so wonderful. Lift all of these things to you. In your holy name, amen.